Today on Locked On Red Wings, did Derek Lalone's first season as head coach of the Detroit Red Wings make them better? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily JAWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today, guys, we're finally gonna do a do a kind of a review, analyzing Derek Lalone uh, and his coaching staff to see and just determine whether or not we feel that he made a difference on this roster in his first year over what we saw last year with head coach Jeff Blaschel. And what's really interesting about this conversation when we get into it, Scotty, is that there's so many different factors to this. Like there, there could be a part of it where it's like, yeah, it was because of him. And then other parts were like, well, did the team carry him at all? You know, was it the roster being better? What made the difference or was it the system Derek alone was trying to run? And we'll talk about that. But And then we're going to finish off the episode talking about the World Championships that are going on, IIHS World Championships, as Carter Mazur had an absolute rocket. Uh, Dominic Kubelik's tied for second most points in the tournament right now. Joe Valeno's got up there as well. It's There's a lot of red laser on a lot of things. Yeah, Mazur, though. Uh, Mazur laser. That's what happens. I said Razor, who's been great, too. But, yeah, yeah. you're right. Carter Mazur, he had a game winner the other day. Yeah, he's been great. We'll talk about that at the end, but. Um, but before we get to that, we kind of just wanted to riff a little bit because it's not Red Wings related in particular, but it is hockey NHL news. And the situation going on with the Arizona Coyotes is just too too juicy to not talk about because that's a situation over there in Arizona that has been, how do I say this nicely, kind of been a, you don't. a circus from day one. Uh, yep. Poorly run organization, poorly run franchise. And then they got kicked out of their own arena, playing out of a college rink. We all know the story. But now, Scotty, the latest update, right, is that their proposal at, to city council to get the funding to build a new rink next to the airport in Tempe failed. So now they have literally zero prospects to build a new arena. And there are some rumors. They're rumors, and that's all they are, but rumors circulating that this may be the end of the Arizona Coyotes. And I guess my number one question is, is do you buy that? <laughs> it's like, it's one of those weird situations where I have thought that the Arizona Coyotes, it was like were at their end for like each of the last six years. Right. So now at this point, I almost don't even buy it, and I'm almost in this, like, I have to see it to believe it type of situation just because of how much they just keep seeming to make it through whatever process or rumors about moving and, and whatnot every single year. I actually have, uh, like, one of my best friends lives in Arizona. Well, a couple of them all live together out there, and um, they live in Tempe and like I, they do not care about hockey whatsoever, but I, I asked, I was talking to them about, it. I was trying to 
you like is it like a big deal like are people you know like upset or like trying to get people to vote and whatnot and he was like yeah i like we heard about it one time a few weeks ago and like if you didn't tell me that today was the day that they were like counting those votes i wouldn't have even like known that that was that like the proposals i wouldn't have even known that those proposals were like gonna be on there uh today and i was like that's crazy that and then like the the numbers come out on twitter and and like the beat writers are all talking about how uh like the the side that was pro putting uh, the coyotes the coyotes that right yeah yeah yeah. the coyotes (laughs) and like that party got out uh like funded by like millions of dollars like the coyotes put together like the equivalent of a league minimum NHL contract and funding to like try to for advertising to like try to to for the campaign to get people to vote yes on the prop and and Tempe itself put up like three million dollars or something like it's just crazy man I I guess my answer is I think they're just gonna keep city city hopping in Arizona until they uh, either get shot down by like any option out there or until they find one that'll take them. But um, I I don't think that like, I know the next year or two, they're still going to be in Arizona. It's just a matter of where. Yeah. So they have, we have one more year left with uh, ASU, right? They have one more year playing out of mullet arena at the college stadium. But I mean, and I feel my heart goes out to Robin Liano who, who's put her heart and soul Locked on Coyotes is genuinely one of the best shows on this entire network. She went and covered every city, single city council meeting that had this on the dock to be discussed. My heart goes out to her if they lose that Coyotes, but that's really it. Because in my opinion, Gary Bettman should have given up on Arizona a long time ago. From the get go, it felt as if the state and the cities, Phoenix and what Glendale is essentially where they really are never really cared to have the coyotes there. And the owner never really cared to make that team competitive. I mean, they had Shane Doan and for the longest time, Shane Doan was the only player that that he had. I mean, I know at one point they had, you know, still have Chitron. No, they traded Chitron. Now they've traded Chitron. You know, they have Clayton (laughs) Keller now. And I mean, they've had a handful of good players, but they've never put a team together. One Western conference finals appearance in all the time that they've been in the league. And that was it. That's the most competitive this team's been. And, you know, people are on Twitter talking about how their heart goes out to the fans. I hate to be that guy, but what fans? You Every single time you watch, you turn on an Arizona Coyotes game, particularly if you're a Red Wings fan and you're turning it on, but if you watch an Arizona Coyotes home game, 75% of the fans are going to be the fans to the away team. Hockey has... 3,500-seat arena. Hockey has never worked in the desert. At least in my, from my viewing, you know, maybe Robin, who's staunchly a defender of the Arizona Coyotes, and I understand why, and I respect her opinion on it, but, and so she's close to the situation, so maybe she sees it differently, but I, I've never seen uh, that stadium full back before it was Mullet Arena, and I've never seen it when it is full, full of Coyotes fans. It's just, it doesn't feel like it's ever worked out there, and Gary Bettman's refusal to let this team move and let this team die. I mean, how quickly did he give up on the Thrashers? How quickly did he move them back to Winnipeg? I mean, twice. right? Well, not to it, Winnipeg twice, but the Thrashers twice. The Coyotes are what the Winnipeg Jets were, uh, right? But it, it the reason, the, the thought that he's—it's like his love child. Like he doesn't want to give up on the Coyotes, but it's gotten to a point where it's embarrassing. Like playing out of a team, playing out of a college arena. Like 
and I'm not like advocating necessarily relocation, but man, like even a forced sale of the team, like somebody you got, how do you get kicked out of your own arena? Like it's, it's, it's just, a wild situation. It's become man. a circus act. And you know, this latest failure, I know the rumors were circulating yesterday and last night and even this morning that this is it. And somebody brought up salt Lake that the internal organization internally was t- discussing moving to salt Lake, Utah. But then Greg Rashinsky and Craig Morgan came out and said, well, pause the relocation talks like Coyotes aren't done trying to have an arena in Arizona. Like I said, they're going to city hop. They're just going to go from from district to district and city to city until they find someone, a city that they think that they can get those props passed in. But how how many cities in Arizona are also going to have the population to support the fan base or support the arena? Like that's. Yeah. I love I love the idea of growing the game. Like I'm a big growing the game proponent, and I think it was a great idea to give it to Arizona to see if that game could grow. But it has not worked in Arizona, and at this point, like you almost have to give a different city a shot, preferably a team in the West, because you don't want to have to realign the conferences again and have the Wings go back to the West. But it's just it's gotten to a point now where what else can you do with this franchise? It, it is just. Again, I just keep going back, man. You're playing playing out of a college arena, then that's unacceptable for a professional team. Yeah, completely agree. I, it's like you said. I think you describing it as a circus is pretty accurate. Uh, this has just become a complete side act in in the NHL, and um, I don't know. I I I really do feel bad for the for the people that do care about the Coyotes, but to it's put a, it, it's a tough. I, I I just I I don't see a, a future in which anything's ever going to change out there. Is I guess my biggest thing. To put it in baseball terms, it's like the Oakland A's. For the longest time, they were playing out of that football stadium, and it was just yeah. But the Oakland A's were like a storied franchise at one point. Like in the last twenty years, you're right. But like but they suffered from having a cheap owner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mightily. Correct. But like you know what I mean, like at, at like th- that would be like if the Coyotes were like the Habs for sixty years and then just turned into like the Coyotes lately. Like the Coyotes have never been relevant ever, and it's it's sad. Yeah, I mean the fact that they put together, I think the report says two hundred fifty thousand dollars for their campaign, while the grassroots program had That's over right. like a million or two million dollars for the nose. It's I mean, they were literally trying to take over a literal dump. A literal dump is where they're going to lay. And they said, we we're going to clean it up. And they couldn't get that proposal passed. Correct. We, just nutty. All right. We're going to take a quick break and get into some real hockey or some real Red Wings talk, rather, in segment two, talking about Derek Lalone and whether or not we deem his season a success. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bird Dogs. We talked about it the other day, but Bird Dogs, there's a new sponsor that we have here with Locked On Red Wings. And they're, they don't just make shorts. They have pants as well. But they sent us a couple pairs of shorts. I have one that's polyester brand or blend and one's a cotton blend. And they're both just so comfortable. They somehow both perfectly fuse the casual and then the professional look of like khaki shorts. But the comfortability of those casual gym shorts that you're going to wear. All while having a built-in boxer brief. Which is like if you're like me and you like to go on runs occasionally. That's perfect. Because now... You're only getting one pair of clothes sweaty, not two. Plus, it's just super tight fitting and comfortable. It's got it looks better. I feel great when I'm wearing bird dogs, and that, that stretchy fabric makes my legs look great, and they're comfier than those other shorts that I own. 
They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date, or hanging out with friends. You guys, you got to check out Bird Dogs if you get an opportunity. And, hey, if you go to Lockdown or birddogs.com slash NHL and you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. They're super comfortable, super stretchy, super versatile. They're shorts you can wear in pretty much any situation. So check out Bird Dog. Uh, go to birddog.com slash NHL and use that promo code NHL And they're throwing that custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style mug. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are now going to pivot into kind of analyzing Derek Lalone and the coaching step as a whole. But, I mean, when we talk in casual Red Wings fans, most of them are going to put a lot of the responsibility on Derek Lalone's shoulders. And, I mean, as it should be, he is the head coach for a reason, right? Correct. So let's keep it brief. This question is very super simple, Scotty. Do you believe that Derek Lalone made this team better this year? I like the term very super simple. I like that a lot. Because that is not that in itself is not a simple way of putting it? Yes. It also just like the little alliter- alliteration at the end. It was, it was nicely said. Oh, thank you. Everyone knows me as a fantastic public speaker. That is yes, totally and, and a writer. No, that's you. You're I would say that, yes, I, I think he did make the Red Wings better. I, I don't even think it's really that much of a discussion. It, 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 I, I guess it's it's relative, right, right. Like to, yes. to who you are comparing him to. Uh, if it's just in a vacuum, did – Lalone have more success this season than Blashill if he was still the head coach this season I would say yes 10 times over um but did I think it was like some perfect masterclass of a season coaching wise that uh is is I don't know like gonna I don't think people are looking around the league and going like oh my goodness the Red Wings have like one of the best coaches in the NHL or anything like that you know what I mean like I I think it's all it's all relative did he make them better than, than Blasha would have. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, and the, the biggest areas to point to, we've talked about this a lot already this offseason, but is special teams. I mean, this this is a, a special teams unit that a year ago was absolutely dreadful. And at, over the last two years, at one point, was historically bad, like inept. And so having them even be middle of the pack, bottom part of middle of the pack, in special teams was a massive, massive, massive step forward and a massive win. Um, and we can get into like the intricacies of, you know, like his system uh, is more defensive. And uh, I think the biggest difference is it's it's aggressively defensive, whereas Blashell's was like park the bus defensive. You know what I mean? Like it was so non-aggressively defensive. It was everybody sit back. There is zero aggression when, when we have a lead, even if it's only a goal. And and Newsies is is simple, but it's 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 and it's still defensive, but it's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more aggressive on the four check is something that we definitely saw this season as well. So yeah, I I think I know that I kind of rifted for a while there, but like it, it this was a a a I think a really solid building block, not only on teaching and implementing his system, but uh, I think that this can be a winning system with more talent on the roster. I mean, with the exception of Alex Tangay, who is a holdover from that final year of Jeff Blasio's right. completely new coaching staff, 
Derek Lalonde, first-time head coach, smartly brought in uh, Bob Bugner, who has a head coaching experience with the San Jose Sharks to be the assistant coach for Derek Lalonde. And then you also have uh, Jay Verity who came in. Alex Westland is your new goaltending coach. You got even all the way down to your video coordinators. You have LJ, uh, LJ Scarpacci and Jeff Weintraub. I mean, it's it's a whole new staff. And, you know, it's one of those things. I like the way you put it to begin this segment when you said it was an improvement relative to where they're at. Like, you have to take the whole truth into account when talking about Derek alone and the improvements that the Red Wings have made. I mean, part of it is the Red Wings had a better roster this year. I mean, David Perron, Andrew Kopp, uh, Oli Mata, Dominic Kubelik. I mean, those are all guys who were bona fide improvements over the roster the Red Wings saw last year, defensively especially. This team had a better defense than last year. I mean, Ben Sherrod, as much crap as we give him, he was an upgrade over the guys we they were icing last year. I mean... So you have to take that into account, but also at the same time, you know, a lot of the credit does go to the system that Derek Lalone and Bob Bugner and Alex Tangay are trying to implement as well. Like you said, Derek Lalone has said time and time again that he focuses on this team being a five-on-five dominating team and a defensive first team. He's trying to model it after teams like he came from, this, the Tampa Bay Lightning, that dominate the five-on-five play. So what I didn't expect... what. Let me, let me put, I expected it in that I needed this team to take a jump in special teams, but I didn't expect it in that being the focus of this team. The jump they took in special teams, which you already mentioned was phenomenal. Granted, they went from bottom of the league to middle of the pack, which, you know, I don't think that that's the separation is as big as we think it is in terms of like 32 and like 18 but that's still a very important step to take as a team that's trying to get out of the basement. In fact, a lot of the fact, a lot of the reason how many games this season, Scotty were carried by the fact that they were winning the special teams battles and they had great goalies. Like that's pretty much all of their big wins. The one thing that they suffered from still is their five on five. I think they were 28th last year, 27th this year, something like that. So the one area where Derek alone really wants to focus didn't really get a whole lot better. I think their goals against went down, but their goals uh, also their goals for also went down. So it's like their expected goals for percentage technically went up, but they didn't. They scored less goals this year than they did last year overall as a team, which makes sense when you consider the fact that they only had one thirty goal score this year compared to two last year, and so on down the list. So while it was definitely an improvement, it's hard for me to give like an actual hard grade. Like I, as a fan wanted to see a bigger improvement overall. Absolutely. But I, as a fan, it's hard for me to give a full, like this is the grade that Derek alone gets for his first year. Like he was a first year head coach with a team that wasn't a playoff caliber roster to begin with. And they did take a step forward. I think the real test is years two and three. If next year, because this is like the, we're trying to figure it out year in terms of his system next year, the system's not new anymore. So all your returning players should know by now what they're trying to accomplish. It's not new to everyone. It's only going to be new to new players. So next year, and then year three, especially those are the years where this team at five on five has got to take a humongous step forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the future, and, and what they are trying to implement is is definitely a really key 
part of this because like he is a, you now know what to formulate like your off season around in terms of uh, like, obviously this team needs another goalie. They need a goal scorer and et cetera. But as far as like the depth players, you are going to formulate the, the depth pieces you bring in and the non like top line, top pair type of players into fit your system. So I think it's really important to, to have a good understanding of what they're going to go after there. Uh, they still need a lot of help defensively in on their blue line and just defensive minded forwards. So I, I would imagine that a lot of the, uh, the whatever, I don't want to keep using the word depth over and over again, but yes. uh, the bottom six or, or bottom four type of guys will fit that mold for sure. But I, I agree with you. I think that, that you, like year two is a, is a, this is a really big year for everyone. Like this is a, a huge year for everybody. This is a, a, the biggest off season in Steve Eiserman's Red Wings tenure. This is this up, uh, this fall is going to be huge for Lalone to prove uh, really, I, I mean, not to be like super dramatic, but whether he is going to be behind the bench for like a long, long time or, uh, whether like questions are going to start popping up about him. Uh, it's going to be a, a huge year for a lot of players on this team. I, I mean, this, I, I, I know I've said it a lot dating back to like February, but like this is truly going to be a, a vital next like nine to 12 months for pretty much everybody in this organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I have faith in Derek Lalonde still. My faith is not shaken. And like we said, we think yeah, that same. overall he, he took a, this team took a step forward under his tutelage, but you got to take that full scope, right? You know, this t- this roster was better as well, giving him better players to work with, and that's why they took it. They took six points more uh, away from the season. But next year, it's got to be more than six. Yep. Next year, you got to be closing in on ninety points if you're asking me. If not, surpassing that, and that's a big ask. And I recognize that in the tough division, but this team's rebuild. It's got to end sometime, and you just cannot continue to kick cans down the road while players' primes are wasting away. Yeah, well, and you got to walk before you can run too. Yeah. Like we, like obviously th- th- that when we get to the fall, that that falls on Lalone's shoulders. But you also have to improve this team greatly. The, the front office still has to do that, and and like I know I keep going back to that, but like. If this team doesn't get any better this offseason, then no, I'm not going to go in and say Lalone has to win 90 plus in order for me to consider this situation or this system a success because he's going to have the exact same roster. And like, I don't expect that to happen. I fully expect this front office to take big steps forward, but like everybody has to be in sync. And, and, and that's again, what the next three or four months is going to be really, really uh, vital to everyone. Overall passing grade, though, for Derek Lalonde. For sure, yeah. This season, in a recap, year one, I think this was a really, really good building block is how yeah. I look at it. This was I, a great year one building block that I think that you can you can really continue growing and, and climbing up from the foundation you laid this season. I wouldn't say passing with flying colors, but passed. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Building, I think I like the building block. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to just riff a little bit about the World Championships that is going on right now, and some Red Wings players are kind of popping off, uh, making a little bit of name of for themselves. But first, got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. 
So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right price, parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available in U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. I was nailing that until that one little hiccup there. I was crushing it. <laughs> you said parts about four times in 10 seconds. Well, because I said it wrong the first time, and then, like, I panicked. And so I, I said it again, and then I was like, parts, stop. Parts, parts, parts. Parts, parts, parts. Get those parts, baby. Uh, for Scotty's little tiny car. Yes. So, world championships. That's going on. That's a thing. Look at that. I know. Well, I mean, if we want to talk about people that are really sticking out, I – I guess we can get the really fun one out of the way early. You in any um, crowd? But like Carter Mazur. Oh, God, yeah. He's. Wait, what did you say? I said you in any crowd. What is that? What did I say? You said people who stand out. Oh, be- correct. Like because they're yeah. really tall. Very much or, true. Or me in any crowd because my, my head reflects so much light. Yeah, shiny. It's shiny. Ha ha. Carter Mazur. Um, yeah, he's had he's had a great uh he had a game winner, yeah. Uh I believe it was the game winner, yeah. And it was again, I think it was over that game just happened too. I'm being such a fake fan right now. Uh sorry, it happened while I was at work because God forbid one of these games actually takes place. What's well, in overseas? I guess I can't be too mad. I think it was over uh Austria though. That or Latvia, they have the same flag essentially. Uh totally professional. Don't no pay no attention here. Austria 4-1. They also, let me look it up. Anyways, talk about Dominic Kubelik. He's got six points. He's third on the team. He's third in the tournament. Right. With three goals, three assists, and three games. Six points while I find this. Yeah, no. I, well, <laughs> that is uh, that is very much we talk all the time about Kubelik's style of play and just how it is going to lead to like these kind of runs. Like He's going to... I, I like comparing him to uh, to not in all the same ways, but to Javi Baez a little bit, just in the sense of like the style that he plays is going to be, he's going to go on a lot of like crazy hot streaks where he, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, how are we getting this dude, uh, you know, goal a game or whatever for seven right. games in a row or whatnot. And then he's going to go and he's going to go two months without scoring a goal. And like, that's just the style that he plays, it, it, it giveth and it taketh away. And uh, that's, I, I think we're in the middle, the middle of a heater right now. You were right, by the way, it was Carter Mazur scoring the second goal in a four to one victory over Austria that took place today. Sorry, everybody for not having that one uh, off the top of my head. I got confused because Lafayette's flag is also two red stripes, the white stripe in the middle. And I couldn't remember which one it was, but it was a four to one victory over Austria. Carter Mazur uh, seamlessly kind of straight to the middle. And just absolutely rifled one home. A patented Mazer laser, as we will call them from now on. Uh, nice. Problem is, is if Razor gets a snipe, do we call those Razor lasers? Or do we just call them... That's also a banger. Razor beams. Now we're going to have a Razor beam and a Mazer laser. They're both laser jokes. I like it. All right. 
Uh, did you see Lane, Lane Hudson's goal, by the way? Coast to coast. That yes. was sick. He's going to be Nasty. such a That one went NHL kind player. of viral a little bit. Yeah. And then Lucas Raymond, I believe. I think it was a, technically an exhibition game, the one he had two goals in, because I looked at his, his actual his actual stats, and it said he only had one assist so far this tournament. Hmm. But uh, Joe Valeno's also over a point per game right now with Team Canada. He's got five points in three games. Joe Valeno. Had another goal. Yeah, Joey V, man. Yeah, I was like, Joe Valeno, is, is this what just what happens when you surround him with talent as he pops off? Have I been doubting Joe Valeno unjustly? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? No, he's he's been great, too. The the one that really... I just... I need a Lucas Raymond, like, breakout year three, like I need air. And so seeing him... Get off to a nice start. Obviously, he didn't just like gain 20 pounds of muscle in the last month, but like that, and that is going to be like one of the biggest things for him this offseason is just not getting knocked off the puck so easily and being able to, to kind of be more of a straight line type of player. But uh, it, seeing him do well, like you're just, even though it is obviously lesser competition and whatnot, like he, man, like when, when he's, when he's in a space where he has the ability to take over a game, he really can. And it's it's just really good to see him doing very, very well so far in Worlds. Um, and I, oh, I, I just, I need the breakout year three so badly, man. I know. And then obviously, guys, also, Cider is at Worlds too with Team yep. Germany. So keep an eye on him. Uh, as far as I can tell, I don't think he's done anything notable yet besides him just being on the ice, being a notable presence because he's most cider and we love him. Um, but other than that, you know, just keep an eye on world championships going forward. It's your best source of getting essentially Red Wings hockey. Cause they think they have what, seven players playing in the tournament. Quite they have, a few, yeah. they have Mazer Raymond, who's an alternate captain, by the way, uh, Jonathan Bergeron, Joe Valeno, Dominic Kubelik, Olimata, and Moritz cider, uh, as well as yo, Paul Boyer's the equipment manager for Team Canada. That's kind of fire. That's that is fire. fire. I love that. I didn't even know. Like, I think it's great that they even included him on the graphic and everything. That's sick. Uh, Lalone is the assistant coach for Team USA, and Steve Eisman is the associate general manager of Team Canada. So there's yeah, a lot of recognizable Red Wings names, but I think that's just what happens when you don't make the playoffs. Yes. Because that's what Worlds is. It's basically like the championship for the NHL players who didn't go to the playoffs. It's like the, It's like the NIT. For <laughs> it's hockey's NIT, baby. <laughs> so, uh, also follow up news Marco Casper off crutches. Apparently, Ice Hockey Gifts tweeted it out, tweeted out a video that he's like off of crutches and his, his, re- nice. his recovery from that knee injury is going pretty well. Nice. All right, buddy. Any final thoughts? We will. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. We're going to do our top. Favorite moments. I guess I could just say favorite moments or top moments. Our favorite Our moments. top favorite greatest moments. Good, cool moments of this season. That were awesome. And dope. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do that for you guys tomorrow on Friday's episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Same time. Oh, wait, sorry. Final thoughts. We will. Same time. Same place. Your team. Every day. Every day.